At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hour number two of my guys in the desert from the South Point Sportsbook, Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds. Along for the ride today with uh, Johnny Avello joining us in about five minutes. Johnny, the Sportsbook Director at DraftKings. Thanks to uh, Randy McKay, professional sports better. Uh, for talking some hockey with us to wrap up hour number one. If uh, you missed any part of the show, you can always go back to uh, watch the replays, vcin.com, all the podcasts. Everything's up there. A ton of content each week on vcin.com. Wes Reynolds, let's talk a little baseball tonight. Okay. Let's start in San Diego where I just left. And uh, everybody in San Diego fired up about the Padres right now. If you've watched those games in the past week, it's uh, been like a playoff atmosphere at Petco Park which has been packed uh, pretty much for the past week since California reopened. Padres tonight, uh, home dogs to the Los Angeles Dodgers. After the Padres win last night 6-2 to two behind Hugh Darvish, tonight they're catching plus 104 at Circus Sports. Clayton Kershaw opposing Blake Snell. Uh, a couple of lefties go head-to-head, and total is 7.5 at Petco. And Wes, I've talked about this a lot with Blake Snell, his home road splits are asinine. Padres are 0-8 in Snell's road starts. At home, they are 5-1. and And I still think that uh, plus money is a little bit of value with the Padres tonight, even opposing Clayton Kershaw, because the Dodgers lineup has been without Cody Bellinger, mm-hmm. Corey Seager, and Max Muncy. And yep. that's three big bats you take out of that Dodgers order. And you look at what we're seeing. I know we didn't cover this angle in the first hour, but the first five, a little bit more on the Dodgers side. I think it opened about 120 last night. Seeing the Dodgers as high as about 135 and change. I think Circa right now has minus 133 Dodgers first five, plus 115 on Snell for the very point I brought earlier. He's only gone over five innings, I believe, in two of his last eight starts and only averaging four and a third innings this year. The strikeouts have been good. He just haven't hasn't had a lot of strikeouts in terms of volume because he hasn't really been going deep into the game. So you wonder if Snell at some point is going is going to progress here. I think this has very much been a down year. Bottom 15% of the league in expected ERA and walk rate. The walks have been an issue for Blake Snell, and that's mm-hmm. always the concern. And I think that's why you're seeing the market kind of go with the Dodgers here, at least in the first five. You're not really seeing that for the full game. It's basically right around where it opened, give or take a couple pennies here. But when you look at the Dodgers, what would concern me about them in this spot For as powerful as their lineup is, even without the three absences of Bellinger, Muncie, and Corey Seager, they're only 19th in OPS against left-handed pitching. So, look, they even struggled against left-handers like Marco Gonzalez. I remember Marco Gonzalez in Seattle absolutely shut them down earlier this year. Blake Snell, even though he has not pitched as well as certainly was expected to be, Certainly better than Marco Gonzalez. So uh, if you look at the Dodgers, though, and also in their meetings against Snell this year, they've had nine hits in about 10 and a third innings to go along with four walks. So they're getting guys on base, uh, maybe not necessarily always getting them in. But 
even with those numbers, something's telling me maybe San Diego is the right side here. That's certainly where I'm leaning. Well, I was on the Padres last night, and uh, that was a minus 125. Tonight, they are dogs, and uh, Fernando Tatis was in the lineup last night. Had two hits, two mm-hmm. walks, scored two runs. Manny Machado hit a big homer early in the game, and how good was you, Darvish? 11 strikeouts over six innings uh, last night for the Padres. We'll see if Blake Snell uh, can turn in his typical solid start at home. You do not want to bet that guy on the road, no. but we'll see if he can beat the Dodgers, who are weakened uh, tonight. It's a weaker Dodgers lineup tonight at Petco Park. How about on the East Coast, Wes, your, uh, your take on the Braves and the Mets? Charlie Morton and Marcus Stroman. And uh, Stroman's been really good this season. He's not Jacob DeGrom, but who is? Right now, the Braves' slight favorites at most spots. We'll say uh, at Circus Sports, minus 109. The Mets are minus 101. Braves are getting a little bit of an action here. We have had a flip of favorite. And if you look at Charlie Morton's last outing, best start of the season, really, probably. Seven and two-thirds shutout innings against the St. Louis Cardinals. Only gave up three hits. Six and three record. Solid record on the season. But the numbers have been a little bit up from what he had in Tampa Bay. So 403 RA, 357 XFIP. He's a guy I actually really have liked to bet over the last few years because he's so reliable and consistent, but how long is he going to go into the game here? He's gone more than five innings in just three of his eight starts, so that's concerning because this Braves bullpen not very good, and that Mets bullpen is very good. Yeah, at, right now at the South Point, the uh, Braves are minus 108 and the Mets minus 102, total of seven in that game at City Field. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. My guys in the desert from the South Point Sportsbook, Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds, and the NBA is down to the Final Four. Wes, we got a game tonight and a game tomorrow, Clippers and Suns tonight, and it's a Phoenix minus four and a half, total of 222 and a half at DraftKings. And I believe you said you have a play on this game tonight. I do. I have the under 223 and a half. Actually, the best number in the market if you're looking for an underplay right here where we sit behind us at the South Point Hotel and Casino. 224, currently the high water mark in the market. It's basically 22 and a half, 223 in most stores. But regardless, I, I like the under here in this spot. I think the shot making was just so good in game one on Sunday, and the Clippers really have done that two in a row. That third quarter was an absolute explosion where they looked like they were done against Utah, and then they got Rudy Gobert kind of lost in space out there trying to close out on these shooters, and the Clippers knocked them all down. So are they going to do that three games in a row? Is Devin Booker going to have 40 points again? I'm le- I am lean toward the no on both counts, so I am on the under tonight. Yeah, and the Clippers obviously going to be with Without Kawhi Leonard, he's got a right knee injury, and uh, Clips have been without him for the past week. Uh, they managed to uh, knock out the Utah Jazz even without Kawhi. Let's bring in Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook Director, and uh, find out how the game is being bet tonight. Johnny, what type of action are you seeing at DraftKings on Game 2 of the Clippers and Suns? Way, well, hey, Matt, Wes, how are you guys? Uh, yeah, we opened this game up a little higher. We are now down to four and a half. The early money was on taking the points, uh, but as of late, over about the last half hour to hour, we've seen more Suns money coming in. 
at the lower number. So I guess if that's the way you want to play, you want to get the Suns, you want to lay them at the best possible number, and I guess that's probably the best possible number, four and a half. Johnny, from the drop that we saw this morning, and I saw mostly five and a halves. I think that was a high I really saw when I woke up this morning. Do you think that the early drop was basically like the zigzag, which we know betters like to play in terms of the NBA playoffs, and especially as unpredictable as they've been this year? Or was it the fact that Chris Paul was officially ruled out, even though it was likely he wasn't going to play tonight? Yeah, I think I think we all knew that Chris uh, wasn't going to Chris Paul wasn't going to play. So I think it was more on your uh, zigzag theory. You just mentioned something, Wes, before I came on. Devin Booker, I mean, last game, uh, you know, triple double with huge numbers, big rebounds, assists, and forty points. Um, you know, if Devin Booker's going to have that type of game again. Uh, the, the Clippers are in real trouble tonight, but I got to think that the Clippers have to rebound around Paul not being there, come up with a different strategy defensively tonight. John, what's your adjusted uh, series price on uh, Clippers Suns? You have the Suns about minus 450, is that right? Yes, that is where we are at. Uh, yeah, a little bit lower than that, Matt. Four and a, I think four and a quarter. Okay. How about the uh, the other series between the uh, Hawks and the Bucks? Where do you have the series price there? And have you seen much uh, play on that yet with game one of that series up tomorrow night? Yeah, we're seeing some Hawk money. And, and we actually, uh, I think I spoke to you guys about this this bet that we had on the Hawks. Uh, it was 20,000 20, uh, 20, uh, yeah, 20, at 100 to 1 to win the uh the NBA championship, and uh, he also had 50 to one for 10,000 to win the the conference. So, um, you know, we got a little we got a little support there certainly on the on the Hawks for tonight from that one player, and we're seeing that also from some of the other betters thinking that the Hawks are the sneaky team this year. Yeah, that actually kind of surprises me because it seems like if you believe the kind of mainstream media refrain, it's like this series is already over. Mm -hmm. No chance. Charles Barkley sweep from Milwaukee, which makes me think that this is going the distance uh, based on some of Charles's (laughs) predictions here so far in the playoffs. But all of a sudden you got Atlanta playing with house money and now the Bucs. Everybody kind of thinks the pressure is off them, Johnny, because they've come up lame, really, when they've been the number one seed in the East the last two years. Now they get a team. Philadelphia is now out of the way. They've got Brooklyn out of the way. Boston never materializes as a contender this year, largely due to injuries. So now it's like all right there for the Bucs. I think they absolutely have the pressure in this spot. I think we've been watching this Buck team for the last couple of years, thinking that they were the team, the NBA champs. But there was always an obstacle in their way. Well, that obstacle no longer exists. And you're right, Wes. If you're going to get it done, this is the year for it to happen. Uh, but we've, you know, the Bucks. Uh, I, I like their team. I like uh, I like their main player. Uh, Giannis is a, you know, can do it all for them. But this Hawk team just has been finding ways to uh, to stay in some of these games and come from behind. All right, let's talk hockey with uh, Johnny Avello of DraftKings. We've got a uh, critical game tonight in Vegas. And uh, game game five, series tied 2-2. Golden Knights found a way to uh, win game four and pull it out, even though they were outplayed for a majority of the game. Johnny, it looks like at DraftKings, you got Vegas Golden Knights minus 230 and plus 195 on the Montreal Canadiens tonight. The puck drops at 6.08 p.m. Pacific time tonight on the Las Vegas Strip. How much action are you seeing on that game? 
Well, it's good action on this one, Matt, and mostly Knights. Now, Matt, you said that the Knights were outplayed the last game, and that's probably true. But how many games have they outplayed others, whether it's uh, Montreal or Colorado, and lost the game? So I guess, uh, you know, having your best game doesn't always dictate a win. Uh, it's I guess it's who ends up scoring the, the OT goal or the, uh, you know, the last goal in regulation. And that was the Knights in game four, Wes. It was. And like Randy McKay said, the game they should have won, they lose. And the game they should have gotten their butts beat, which was the last game, is the one that they win in overtime. So now game five, the pivotal game five here at the Fortress. But going to be game six tomorrow, John. And and Matthew Barzal, by the way, it just came out fine, but not suspended for that cross check back in game five. So he will go for the New York Islanders in game six. And look, Tampa Bay, eight to nothing. You kind of had a feeling at one point they were at least going to have a game where the offense broke out, and it absolutely did, eight to nothing. But to take a line from Randy McKay, does fear create value in this standpoint? Because starting to see money on the Islanders, I think 140 was the max. I think you guys are at 130 or 135 right now in terms of tomorrow night's game six, where Long Island has been a big home ice advantage, really, for the Islanders in terms of the Nassau Coliseum, best in the regular season and all of the NHL are you seeing support for the Islanders or are you basically thinking that or seeing from betters that okay this is a wrap we just saw eight nothing betters bet what they see last and they think that this is over yeah I think that's what we're seeing we're we, we are 50 cents on tomorrow night's game uh and you know the Islanders are known for defense and keeping games close and when they get blown out like that eight nothing I think that changes the mind of the betters thinking that well, the Islanders could keep the series close and they'll win some close ones at home. But, but when you lose 8 nothing, the better feeling is that that may have taken the air out of them. We'll see. What do you think? Are those your New York Islanders, Johnny? And, uh, have you followed the Islanders throughout your life? Or are you a Rangers guy? I have followed the Islanders, but I'm a Rangers uh, backer. But, you know, the Islanders, remember, had those – Great years where they won the championship. Almost they were like the Yankees in those days, you know. Matt kind of just winning it every year and had uh, Billy Smith and goal, and uh, it was an amazing team. I, you know, I, I was never a hater of the Islanders. It's just that I, uh, my main team was was the Rangers. Hey, what's the, what's the handle like in a typical uh, hockey playoff game as compared to an NBA, an average NBA playoff game right now, John? Uh, you mean you're talking about an NBA playoff game, right? Yeah, just let's say uh, what's the handle going to be like on, uh, let's say, tonight's Clippers-Suns game as compared to, like, um, the Canadians-Vegas Golden Knights. Is, you draw twice as much money on the NBA game, yes. three times as much money. How much? It's it's somewhere between two and three times. Okay. That is exactly right. Uh, that's because these NBA games are writing so much money now. Every single game is, you know, records for us i mean they we we don't keep topping them every night but all these numbers that we've been writing on these uh, play are pretty similar and more than we've ever written before on play nba playoff games all right i'll just ask you about one baseball game tonight is this going to be the biggest bet game on the board dodgers and padres in san diego and the padres won the series opener last night 6-2 behind you darvis this gonna be clayton kershaw opposing blake snell yeah, I think that's going to be one of them. Uh, okay. You know, I, I, I can tell you, I don't believe it's going to be, uh, you know, Houston, Baltimore, so I can eliminate that one. <laughs> uh, 
I think for an early game, I think the Atlanta Mets game is probably going to be a big draw. Uh, and then for a late game, you know, since that one is late, I would, and that's the better of the late games tonight. Yeah, I would say that probably is going to be the, the biggest bet game of the night. And it's a fair price. You don't get the late Kershaw normally at that short a price. But remember, it's not the Kershaw of old. And this isn't the San Diego Padre team of old. Yeah, Dodgers minus 115. And Wes, I pointed out last night, Dodgers did not have Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, or Max Muncy in the lineup. Three big bats not there for L.A. Yeah, now they're not going to have Gavin Lux either. Right. So, uh, But I am seeing, according to this lineup, if this Don Best screen is not lying to me, that Max Muncy may be back. back. So so Gavin Lux is going to be out. So uh, Dodgers right now, and it's basically the same price as when we came on the air, about 110 to like 114 range, small take back on the pods. All right, let's talk U.S. Open. Johnny, I know you love golf betting. Wes Reynolds and Brady Cannon hit John Rahm as a favorite in the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines over the weekend. I came up a little short with Berkshire Kepka, Colin Morikawa, and Xander Shoffley. Who did you like in the Open last week? You never sent me your picks. No, I had Rom, so I made some money, too. Okay. I had other players, you know. I got Rom at 11.5 to 1, so I, it was too good of a price to pass up knowing how he plays the course. Um, and, uh, you know, I also had that feeling that he won that tournament a couple weeks prior, and uh, he would really be jacked up to play here. Uh, I had some other guys. I had Casey. Um, I had uh, I had a few guys. Uh, Morikawa I had. He, he, you know, he just kind of faded, had a couple of bad holes that took him out of it. You know, man, I was talking to I sent you a text for it was about the 12th or 13th hole. It was crazy. These guys were all playing well, and it was real tight. And all of a sudden, it was like a cloud of something came down on all of them, and they just <laughs> all totally just fell apart. It was the craziest thing I've seen in golf this year. They all fell apart except for John Rahm, who had huge pots on 17 and 18. But the Bryson DeChambeau debacle was uh, something to witness on the back nine. Uh, Johnny, as a bookmaker, how would you guys make out on that with a favorite winning the U.S. Open? Did really well on it. Uh yeah, there were ROM bets, of course, but, you know, people were certainly, they had opportunities to bet a lot of good players at good prices. And the end game also did very well. And why not the way this tournament actually went with everybody being close for the first three and a half rounds? Wes, there was a point there on the back nine where I thought, okay, it looks like DeChambeau, if he gets hot, he might win this. I thought, mm-hmm. hey, wait a minute, I'm not dead with Colin Morikawa yet. There were different points you thought different guys could steal this and it ended mm-hmm. up being John Rahm who took control. Yeah, it was looking like, okay, maybe we're going to get that two-hole aggregate playoff. Of yeah. course, they don't do the 18-hole deal like they did all those years ago at Torrey Pines where Tiger beat Rocco Mediate on one leg basically on a Monday. So uh, we didn't get that playoff. John Rahm gets there and uh, made the fewest mistakes and then capitalized at the end, get in position to be in position. But now we move on, Johnny. We got the Travelers Championship over out in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, just a little bit west of Hartford, actually. So uh, good field this week, really, at the top. We got five of the top 10 ranked in the world, 10 of the top 25, surprisingly, mm-hmm. the week after a draining U.S. Open. But a lot of big names here. Bryson DeChambeau coming here. Dustin Johnson coming here. Patrick Cantlay coming here. Brooks Kepka, Paul Casey, Patrick Reed. So a lot of big names here. Who are you seeing money on early on? Uh, we are seeing money on uh, DJ early as one of the favorites at 13 to one. Uh, we're also seeing some some money on some of the longer price guys, two guys down in the field. The you know the Keegan Braley's at 45, the uh, Mickelsons at 70. 
you know, so some of the guys that have some higher prices. You're right. It's a great feel. I didn't expect all the guys to be playing, you know, come out this week again after a major tournament. So uh, great field, great value again out there for, for a golf tournament. Yeah, Wes is right. A lot of uh, a lot of big names in the Travelers this week. I was surprised how many of those guys are teeing it up this week, the week after the uh, the year's third major at the U.S. Open. Wes and I are going to talk a little British Open uh, in the next, uh, in about 15 minutes. We're going to talk a little bit more golf betting. Johnny, I wrote about this, and so did Dave Tooley for our Point Spread Weekly magazine this week. The football contests are bigger, better than ever. Uh, give us a uh, brief uh, synopsis of the uh, two major contests you're offering at DraftKings for the football season. Yeah, we have the uh, Pick'em, which is a uh, pro football contest, $1,500 entry fee. Uh, the, the great part about the contest is that you can play in eight different states. Uh, all those states, let's see if I have them handy here, Matt. They are uh, they are New Jersey, New Hampshire, West Virginia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Tennessee, and Virginia. Uh, so you pick five games against the spread every week. As long as you're in one of those eight states, you can sign up. As long as you're in one of those, any of those eight states, you can make your selections. Uh, you get one week off. Uh, the contest goes weeks one through 17. You get a bye week, so if you want to take a break, you don't like a week, you're going to go on vacation, whatever, you don't have to play that particular week. And you get a $100 free bet for any week you go 5-0. and um, The other contest is the Survivor. That's $333 to enter. Um, same thing, all those states, um, million dollar uh, to the winner, and, uh, you know, like any other Survivor, you win, you move on, you lose, you're out. One thing to mention about the pro uh, contest is that we have $4 million this year in prize money yep. instead of $2 million. That's major money guaranteed in the DraftKings football contest. Read the breakdowns of all the rules. Dave Tooley put it in Point Spread Weekly this week. That'll be out tomorrow. Johnny Avello of DraftKings. Thanks, Johnny. Always appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, back in a couple minutes, Wes Reynolds and I have some best bets for tonight. Don't wait days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with BetRivers feature RushPay. Get your cash when you want it at BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets. Daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in-play betting options out there. As always, get $250 in a match bonus. Fastest payouts and only one-time playthrough at BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Not valid in Iowa. Must be 21. Playable in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Playable in New Jersey as PlaySugarHouse.com. BetRivers Sportsbook. Visit BetRivers.com. All right, Wes, let's get to the best bets. Oh, Yesterday okay. when I called in to talk to uh, talk with Amal Shaw and Vinny Mayulo on this show, I was in San Diego. I said, play the Padres minus 125 and play the Indians at plus 140. 
And I cannot believe that price on that Indians-Cubs game yesterday, but the Indians got there with a 4 nothing win. That's going to be one of the games you play tonight at Wrigley Field, Indians-Cubs, but you're going to look at the total. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go with the under here for the Indians and the Cubs. Kyle Hendricks, I think, has kind of settled in a little bit when you really look at his numbers. Uh, 413 ERA, 420 on the XFIP, so not really much difference in terms of what you're seeing with Kyle Hendricks. Morgan looks like he's going to be the opener tonight for the Cleveland Indians, so probably going to be a bullpen game for these guys. Bullpen has been relatively solid. It's Elijah Morgan who has had two starts this year, gone basically six and a third. ERA looks awful, though. It is kind of a hold-your-nose thing. (laughs) 12.79 the ERA for Elijah Morgan, so it's had a couple rough outings, but 435 on the batting average balls in place. And when I see something that high, I'm like, well, it can't get any worse because that's about the worst luck you can really have when you're looking at a starting pitcher. So Cubs Indians going to go with the under nine minus a dollar 20. There's some eight and a halves in the market juice to the over, but obviously a key number like that. I'm going to say, take the under nine Rockies Mariners over eight and a half. Kyle Friedland's been absolutely getting hit around the yard. I know he only has five starts this year, but none of the five starts have really been very good when you look at what Kyle Freeland has done. So Seattle, all of a sudden playing a little bit better. They mm-hmm. did sweep Tampa Bay. Uh, now Tampa Bay, a half game behind the Red Sox in the AL East. So both these starting pitchers have not been good. If you look at Kyle Freeland, though, he actually has the highest home run per nine inning rate in all of baseball, just under four home runs per nine innings. Batters are hitting 387 against him, and the Waba against him is over 400. I know the Mariners haven't been great against lefties, but if they can't get this lefty, then there's no hope for the Mariners. Going to follow our guy Randy McKay there in terms of the puck line plus one and a half minus a dollar thirty five on the Vegas or the Montreal Canadiens. I think this is going to be a close game. It has two one or three two written all over it. So I'll take that puck and a half under. I've already explained under two twenty three and a half Clipper Suns. The shooting I do think is going to regress, and then also the Texas Rangers plus one twenty three Hearn over Irvin. Nice little home dog here. Texas I think can hit the left handed pitching. So plus one twenty three. Yeah, it's interesting. I was considering the Rangers today, too. I had that one on my list. I did not bet it, and I didn't put it on here, but I was considering that. So you're going to play the the hockey game tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Plus one and a half goals, minus 135. Are you going to put anything on the Canadians outright to win the game? You know, I may. Plus one and a half. Because sometimes I do that like when I take a run line in baseball, especially when I take a run and a half. I'll go like half and half, run line, money line. I may end up doing the same thing here. I'll, I'll put more on the puck line here at plus one and a half and then maybe go half of what I do on the uh, money line for Montreal. All right. All right, let's get to uh, my best bets. I'm going to stick to baseball tonight, and um, I'm going to go with the Mets, even money over the uh, Braves tonight. Marcus Stroman opposite Charlie Morton, who was good in his last start, but has not been that good on the road in general this season. Uh, Mets right now plus 102 at Circa. That looks like the best price. You're going to find in the market. I've got Mets even money right there over the Braves. I'm going to play uh, the Padres, another home dog. Blake Snell tonight against Clayton Kershaw. Dodgers down at least a couple big bats in their lineup tonight. No Bellinger, no Seager. We know that. Looks like Max Muncy might be back uh, tonight. But Clay- Clayton Kershaw has been good against the Padres. He's been really good against the Padres. Blake Snell has been a much different pitcher at home than he has been on the road. The Padres are 0-8 in his road starts, but they are 5-1 in his home starts, and uh, his season-long numbers are skewed by how poorly he has pitched on the road. 
I think the Padres are a hot offensive team right now, and I'll take the plus money on the Padres. I'll play them for the second night in a row here. And also go with the Giants, plus 115 over the Angels. Right now, if you look at the standings in the National League West, the Giants are in first, 46-26. and 26. Who would have thought, Wes, that the Giants would be 20 games over 500? Especially with that point. reclamation yeah. project staff that Zaibi has put together. De Scalfani, Gaussman having big years. Aaron Sanchez having a big year. Big surprise in San Francisco. So I'm going with the Giants, plus 115, and De Scalfani over Andrew Haney and the Angels. We'll come back. We'll talk uh, more golf betting right after this quick break. missed any part of our show or anything on the VSEN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all the shows, including Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with VSEN Best Bets. Download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod, all free and available now at vsen.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. I prefer the long shots show. And you and uh, Brady Cannon taped that this morning. It's going to be live on uh, – it's going to be replayed on VSEN tonight. And I'm sure when I'm walking in the Circus Sportsbook at about 3 in the morning, long shots is going to be on the big screen (laughs) as it was last week every night. So let's talk golf betting. Uh, We'll talk travelers and uh, a brief preview of the uh, British Open next month. But let's start with the travelers, Wes, because you said it with Johnny Avello in the previous uh, segment. A lot of big names making the mm-hmm. coast-to-coast trek this week from Torrey Pines to the East Coast. I was a little bit surprised when I started to handicap this last night how many star players we do have in this field. Yeah, I remember last year's event, obviously, was because of the COVID-19. The schedule got adjusted, so this was actually the week after the RBC, which was the week after, of course, the Charles Schwab Challenge down at Colonial. So, different spot in the schedule last year. Now in its customary spot, and we have Chris DeBear Felica as our guest tonight, actually, on Long Shots Preview in this event, and he spent a lot of time in Connecticut over the years working for ESPN and said look this event almost was dead several years ago lost its sponsor but Travelers has put a bunch of money into this thing obviously that is helping to attract the players Bryson DeChambeau DJ who I had last year but I had him at a much bigger price it was uh, 30 to 1 and actually closed at 25 to 1 when Brooks Kepka withdrew the week before so not going to bet DJ at 13 to 1 still even though he showed okay at the US Open kind of fell off the grid on Sunday but only one top 10, and that was at the Palmetto a couple weeks ago since Riviera, where he had a top 10 in February. So the now number two player in the world, not in the best of form, but obviously you have to consider him a factor that he won here. But I didn't really go with any of the favorites, Matt. I kind of looked at Brooks Kepke because his numbers, I think, stood out. Mm-hmm. I thought of the short price guys that he was in best position. I'm not going to go with Bryson after what I saw last week. I don't want, don't let that cloud it necessarily, but usually it takes over a week to get over something like that. That, well, Bryson so. had the blow up on the back nine. You got to think that's mm-hmm. going to linger with him yeah. uh, this week. I wouldn't be, 
I wouldn't be looking at Bryson either. And Brooks, we know, gets up for the majors. That's yes. what his major yes. focus is. And he came up short in the U.S. Open. I think he'll be a little bit deflated this week. Yeah, I do as well. And then looking at some of those prices, if that's accurate, that is way too short on Brian Harmon, who I think fits a good profile this week. But I did not bet him. I thought that number was just a little bit low. So I think we have some similarities actually at the top of our cards this week, which has worked out for us so far this season because we've hit a couple together. But uh, Abraham might be the answer here this week. Abraham answer 30 Is he to finally one. going to win? Yeah, 23 in the world, and okay. he's never won on the PGA Tour. That shows you this guy's yeah. got game that he's posting a lot of high finishes. In the stats, he checks the box. I mean, really every box this week in terms uh-huh. of the stats I looked at, which is approach. And he was, I think, eighth best in this field. Third best in this field, strokes gain, par fours, 400 to 450. Second best in proximity gain. You're going to get a lot of iron shots on this course because it's only a little over 6,800 yards. So a lot of wedges from 150 to 175, a lot of different wedges, maybe some nine iron. So Abraham answer was second best proximity gain. Strokes gain, ball striking, which is off the tee plus approach together. He was fourth in this field. And then I looked at some Pete Dye designs. This is a Pete Dye design at TPC River. Highlands and who is number one over the last 24 rounds and strokes gained on Pete Dye courses that would be one Abraham answer yeah I'm on answer as well so we have a common selection there answer at a 30 to 1 I think the best price you can get out there the past two times he's played in this tournament tie for eighth tie for 11th scoring average of 67 like you said, you look at all the statistical categories, and he profiles as a guy who could definitely win this tournament this week. 30 to 1 is a pretty good price. The only problem is he hasn't won yet. Right. But guys like that, I do like to bet guys like that sometimes because you know they're grinding for a win. Mm-hmm. They want to get that first PGA Tour win, and this is going to be a good chance for him to get it. Yeah, I think so too. And I think I know we matched up on Joaquin Neiman. Now, the stats don't really indicate like they do with Answer or one that I played down the board, Emiliano Grillo, who leads an approach for this field really over the last 24 rounds. Neiman doesn't really have that, but this just seems like a spot, Matt. And I, I, it's tough to quantify. Sometimes you just play a guy on a drift. And Joaquin Neiman, it really seemed like a spot at 40 to 1. Johnny Avello mentioned Keegan Bradley. He, of course, from and born and raised in the New York It's like a home area. game for Keegan yeah, Bradley. Yeah, he plays this every year, 50 to 1. I did feel I had to include Bubba. He's won here three times. I know he finished T50 in the U.S. Open, but he never plays well at the U.S. Open and did well through 36 holes. Actually, very good in driving accuracy. So this is a course for Bubba. And then I did go. Go back to an old friend, Ricky Fowler, sixty-six to one <laughs> uh, here no, this not week. The nappy factor. Eleven, no, not necessarily just the nappy factor, but eighth at the PGA, eleventh at the Memorial. That PGA top ten was his first uh, top ten in a major in two years. I think the twenty nineteen right. Open Championship at Royal Portrush. So Ricky Fowler, Molinari, the number I have and the number I bet that's on that graphic is gone. He's still in about the sixty to seventy range. But Francesco Molinari played very well at the U.S. Open yes, last week. 13th, and you know, I actually read an article about it. First time he had seen his brother, Eduardo, since 2019, who is another tour player on the European tour who actually played in the U.S. Open. They have FaceTimed and whatnot and obviously texted and talked on the phone. They had not seen each other basically in almost a year and a half to two years in person. But they stayed together out in Los or out in San Diego last week. So Molinari, I think, coming off that round and after six weeks off finishing 13th at the U.S. Open, seeing his familia, I think is going to be good for him. And then Will Gordon, he was third here last year, got his 
uh, membership on the PGA Tour, actually with that finish, 210 to 1. Wes, two years ago, I was at the U.S. Open on Pebble Beach, and I, I was really impressed by the way Ches Reeve was playing. And he beat my Keegan Bradley. Ches Reeve, a very good call by you. Yeah, so I went ahead and played him the next week in this tournament, and he won at about, what, 70-1, to mm-hmm. Ches Reeve. Uh, so that paid off. I'll tell you, two guys I was impressed by last week after walking around watching a lot of players. Scotty Scheffler mm-hmm. led the U.S. Open in strokes game putting. I was just, uh, just impressed by his all-around game at Torrey Pines. And um, also Joaquin Neiman. I thought that uh, he caught some bad breaks. Ball just didn't bounce his way. I was sitting behind uh, the green on the 11th hole where he 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 missed an ace by about two inches and ended up with uh, missing the birdie putt. It was a long birdie putt. And he missed it and parred the hole. Uh, but that kid couldn't catch a break. And uh, he should have won the season opening, year opening tournament yes. in Maui, the Tournament of Champions. He went 45 under in Hawaii and uh, had two seconds. Two, two second places. So uh, I like I liked the way Neiman's playing right now. So that's what I have on the Futures board. Scotty Scheffler, 25 to 1. Abraham Answer, 30. Neiman, 44. That was at Circa last night. Keegan Bradley at 50. And Mackenzie Hughes at 105 to 1. Tied for the 54 hole lead at the U.S. Open. Quick break. We come back. We'll look at the British Open and tonight's top games. OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino, OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up-to-the-second info you need. Five in-game odds and stats, real-time bet tracking, and a lot more. Visit OddsTrader.com. Wes, let's take a quick look at the British Open. A month away. We did not have a British in 2020. No. Looks like we'll have one in 2021. John Rahm opens as a favorite at DraftKings 9-1. to do you think we'll see Rama double digits? I'm sure at some books you can find Rama double digits before the British in a month. DJ, Rory right there at 11 to 1. Brooks Kepka 14. Spieth 18. DeChambeau and Shoffley at 20 to 1. And uh, let's not even talk about Tony Fino. Yeah, Tony may have to go kind of fall into the Ricky category where you and I dumped money into him for about a couple years in majors, never got rewarded. But that being said, like I mentioned last segment, he is on my card this week. I think this could be a surprising week for Ricky. But nevertheless, you see the the usual suspects there are the favorites. And I would expect, as you always see with some of the betting, you're going to see some of the Europeans and the international players, I think, take money. Seeing Louis Ustazen all the way down there at 25 to 1. The days of getting Louis Ustazen at like 50, 60 to 1, mm-hmm. those are gone. Right. Now that he's been in contention two straight majors and trying to get it here at Royal St. George. Of course, this was held, I believe, here in 2011 where Darren Clark outlasted Phil Mickelson. So you'll see Ustazen gets a You'll see Paul Casey get support. You'll see Hatton get support. Rory, I know we did a little British Open, just a a brief uh, question on it with Chris the Bear And Chris is a Rory fan like I am, of course, as you know, Matt. So uh, he definitely, I think, was at least in terms of a chalky guy, was gravitating toward Rory, who... 
I thought made a nice showing of himself at the U.S. Open. He kept fighting, and look, he got right there where he was tied for the lead, just couldn't close the deal. I'm still not sure he's totally back yet, and I just think that that price is a little bit short. Matt Fitzpatrick going to get a lot of support. Sergio Garcia, very good record at the Open Championship, despite the fact that he's never won, but a lot of top fives, I believe 10 top tens in his career. So those guys internationally will get, I think, some looks. And also what we're going to see now as we get toward in the latter part of June, early part of July, you're going to start to see more Americans start to make the trip across over to Europe that haven't been able to travel over there. So you're going to have the Irish Open coming up. You're going to have the Scottish Open, which is always the week before. There's I like those two events. Really yeah. good field usually that week before at the Scottish. Good golf late at night. You mm-hmm. watch all in the middle of the and night. And the Irish yeah. Open's going to have a big field. That's been down the last couple of years, but Rom's in it. Rory McIlroy's in it. So a lot of top-end European players and some Americans as well going to be over there. Louis Oosthuizen was in that 50-1 to 1 range of the U.S. Open, finished second. Mm-hmm. I still can't believe he had to take a penalty shot on that drive on 17, yeah. right? That was uh, atypical for him. He was so steady all week, and to uh, slip up in that spot was uh, strange. I think Oosthuizen's going to get a lot of betting support. Yeah, even at that number, even yeah. though it's down as low as 25-1 to 1 at You might at be draft able to games. find a better number than that. Yeah, you could probably find in the 30-ish range, and, and that's obviously a lot better than what you're seeing there, but... You're not getting the 50s and 60s What type anymore. of player, just briefly, what type of player do you think profiles well at this uh, course? Well, it's not a really particularly long course. Right. It's just over 7,200 yards. It was last played here in 2011, as I mentioned. And uh, look, Darren Clark got his lone major championship in his 40s here, very late in his career. So you saw that the last time out uh, at Royal St. George. And this was supposed to be there. It's in Sandwich, England. It's about 70 miles, I believe, uh, uh, from downtown London. So go back to that 2011 open and just see some history. And uh, really who you saw, I believe, Dustin Johnson finished tied for second with Phil Mickelson. So he'll probably get some support looking at past form. Darren Clark was the winner. Ricky Fowler was up there in the top five. Sergio Garcia was in the top ten. And a lot of guys that were up there are guys that are no longer contenders or have aged like Thomas Bjorn, Darren Clark. So, look, I don't think you have to be particularly long here. It is vintage links golf that we're going to get all right let's uh, talk quickly about the college world series you got a final today and that's uh, texas 8-4 over tennessee that knocks out the balls mm-hmm. and uh west we got another game I believe starting in about 15 minutes. Is that right? Yes, we do. And we do have Virginia and Mississippi State. Mississippi State, uh, well, I talked about Andrew Abbott, the ace of Virginia, who got 10 strikeouts in that Saturday win over the Vols, who are now eliminated. And then Mississippi State faced Texas on Sunday night. 2-1 final score. How about Will Bednar? 15 strikeouts in six innings. And then Sims takes over. When I mentioned about that closer for Mississippi State earlier in the program, that is Landon Sims. And going in to this game, he is the best closer really in all of college baseball and certainly the best one of the eight teams in Omaha. Landon Sims gone against 139 batters this season and struck out 85 of them. So a very good closer. Mississippi State as a staff as a whole leads the nation in strikeouts per nine innings. Obviously, it's not going to be Bednar going tonight, but Chris Limonis has a really good pitching staff down there in Starkville, and it surprises you how good those numbers are when you really look at them because that's a that's a hitter's park down there in Starkville. And to be able to put up those numbers with this hot of a staff, Mississippi State and I think Vanderbilt basically at least consensus were that they had the best two staffs going in here. So 
mild favorite here on Mississippi State. I'm seeing mainly about 125 in the market. Eight is the total. If you get to eight and a half, start to be big juice to the under here. I'm seeing as high as like 145 at faraway places. So I do lean Mississippi State in the spot tonight. Vanderbilt was a lot of people's uh, favorite to win the College World Series with Kamar Rocker and Jack Leiter. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not going to find two better starting pitchers. And who have both been great, but they find themselves tomorrow night in the elimination game on that left side of the bracket. It'll be Stanford against Vanderbilt. Stanford lost their first game. Really, the hot team has been in. NC State, and I believe they're like 25 and five in their last 30 games. Started the season really rough, and then got got to Arkansas. Even though they lost that game 21 to two on Friday in yeah. Super Regionals, and then they come back and take two in a row down there in Fayetteville. NC State now two and zero oh so far in the College World Series. They are already well into the winners bracket, and we'll see who joins them here between Virginia and Mississippi State. Jack Leiter struck out 15 last night, but NC State beat Vandy. All right. Uh, let's talk hockey. Randy McKay joined us in studio to uh, break down tonight's game between the Canadians and the Golden Knights. By the way, Randy just sent me a photo. He hit a video poker <laughs> score for $2,000 out there on his lunch break. So Why nice does job. that not surprise Doesn't me? surprise me at all either. How about uh, tonight's game, Canadians, Golden Knights? You and Randy bet this the same way. You're taking plus one and a half on Montreal, mm-hmm. a minus 135. And uh, you might take a little bit on the Canadians to win the game. What's the best price you see out there in the market right now in Montreal? Here at the South Point, Golden Knights minus two forty, Canadians plus two dollars. In terms of the high, if you want to take the Canadians on the money line, Westgate Superbook has two fifteen, as do Station Casinos out here in Las Vegas. Two ten at, at at William Hill slash Caesars. Basically, what I'm seeing mostly around one ninety five to a little bit over two dollars. If you want to lay it on the Knights. Anywhere from about 215 to minus 230. In terms of the total, seeing basically five juice to the over at like minus 135. Circus Sports is giving you a five and a half, but they're also going to make you pay for it. Five and a half under minus 145 is out there. So that perhaps could tell you that those guys down there behind the counter and in the hub may be leaning a little bit to the over here in the fifth game. I didn't really know what to do with the total. I do tend to think that you're looking at like a two to one or a three to two games so if you like the puck line here and I'll start with the Montreal Canadiens if you're taking one and a half best I saw was minus 135 that's what I bet it at you're also seeing plus one and a half minus a dollar 45 at Westgate at minus a dollar 43 at Circus Sports minus a dollar 45 at BetMGM so 35 45 ish range if you want to take the goal and a half if you want to lay the goal and a half of course it's plus money on the Vegas Golden Knights the best I'm seeing actually probably is at Westgate or Circa at least out here in Las Vegas plus 125 in the market all right, uh, one baseball game we didn't hit on that's going to start here in uh, 15, 10 minutes is going to be Nationals and Phillies. Max Scherzer and Zach Wheeler. Wes, and why this game jumps out, the total is 6.5 tonight mm-hmm. in Philadelphia uh, for this pitching match matchup between Scherzer and Wheeler. And uh, right now it's Circus Sports, Philly minus 107, Washington minus 103. Uh, are we going to see start to see some of these totals? Um, we're going to start to see different numbers on these totals, you think, this summer? Yeah, I got to think so. I know this week they're starting to check for the uh, the sticky stuff uh-huh. that's affecting the spin rate, but a lot of people have pointed to that as the reason why the runs are up, and maybe that's Don't part of it. Do you think the weather has I think the weather it? has a lot more to do with it, and that was leading me to my point. Thank you, Matt. Uh, when these parks heat up, these totals – 
you know, tend to be go way higher uh, all over the country. The temperatures heating up, not just here in Las Vegas. And really, my advice, at least by and large, now you got to go game by game here. So you don't want to paint it with a broad brush or throw a blanket over everything. But if you're going to bet overs, bet them in the overnights. Mm-hmm. Bet them in the morning because they're going to go up. And if you want to bet unders, I say typically wait a little bit, maybe to about an hour or 30 minutes before first pitch, and then go ahead and jump in. So six and a half here basically because Scherzer still striking dudes out, even at, what is he, 36 or 37 right now? Zach Wheeler I think has been very good for the Philadelphia Phillies. Kyle Schwarber, by the way, is in the lineup for the Washington Nationals. And obviously summertime is Schwarber time because he doesn't hit for average, but he can Get him out of the yard really quickly. He's been hitting for power recently. I, I felt like the Yankees made a big mistake not trying to pick up Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. That short right field porch, man. Left-handed bat like that in that short right field, Yankee Stadium. Brian Cashman screwed up a lot of things, and that was one of them. All right, how about uh, tonight's Clippers-Suns game? Last look at it, Wes. We are a couple hours away from the tip in Phoenix. At the South Point, Suns minus four and a half, total 223 and a half. Under 223 and a half is where I got it. You're now starting to see some 222 and a halves in the market here. I didn't know what to do at the side. I missed the best number on the clips when Marcus Morris got upgraded to probable and then Chris Paul officially ruled out. Plus that zigzag theory where you knew money was going to come in on the dog. I like the under here. I don't think the Clippers are going to shoot like that from three, three games in a row going back to Friday night and then obviously Sunday afternoon. Devin Booker, 40 points, and ESPN crowning him the next Kobe Bryant. Got to think that there's going to be a little bit of regression from that scoring standpoint. All right, that's Wes Reynolds. Thanks to uh, Randy McKay and Johnny Avello. Up next on v it's Danny Burke with Rush Hour.